Oh my goodness. There are a lot of kids. Hey, this uh, Wednesday is our worship and prayer night, and it will be here. And I would like to invite all of you to come. I think it's a uh, it would be wonderful that we start off uh, our time here in just uh, worship and prayer and continuing what God has been doing. Uh, good to see you this morning. As Fiona said, this is place is still a work in progress. It's not quite 100%. And so... Thank you for your patience. We had no idea how many to expect this morning, and so they were pushing chairs out at the end. Uh, but God's good. And so we've, we're all gracious. Yeah, there is, well, now the kids have gone, there's, there's more room, but there's, just in case you ever figure that out, there's usually more room in front. I don't know why people don't like the front. Johan said he's showered this morning, so he'd be okay. You know, in a very real sense, the uh, slide earlier said, welcome home. And Priyanka's going to throw that up because she's amazing. Uh, and it really is a privilege for us as a church to partner with City Mission. This is City Mission's building. It's not ours, but in a very real sense, it's our home. We as a, as a church have felt as we've been praying as leadership that this was a place that God was uh, allowing us to be settled. And so we're, we're very grateful. We're thrilled uh, for City Mission, and we partner with City Mission. Uh, and there's a whole lot more ministry that will take place through this facility than what we do as a church, but we get to be part of it as well. And so I, I want to kind of speak to that a little bit this morning. Welcome home. And uh, before I do, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. But we also thank you for your spirit who breathes life that makes the word living, who gives revelation, we open up our hearts to you to hear what you're saying in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, in reading the Bible, you've got to kind of have a view of the whole picture for all the parts to make sense. Too often we get one part and we try and make that the whole picture. Most of you would know the, uh, the parable, the story of the uh, four blind guys who encountered an elephant for the first time. And one of them got a hold of the trunk. Didn't know what an elephant was, but he said, an elephant's like a fire hose. Another one grabbed the leg, and he said, no, it's not. It's like a tree trunk. Another one ran into the side and put his hands on the side of the elephant and said, no, it's like a wall. And the fourth one grabbed the tail 
They said, you're all wrong. It's like a rope. They were all right, and they were all wrong because they had a small part of it and not the whole picture. How often do we try and take one part of the scripture or one concept or one idea and we blow it up into becoming everything? And then it's not actually true anymore. Someone said if we take a truth and make it the truth, it quickly becomes untruth. So we need the whole word. For instance, you know the Bible says that we're saved by grace and not by works. Most of you would know that. And that's in Ephesians 2.4. But also in 1 Peter 1.2, it says we're called for obedience. So are we saved by grace or are we called for obedience? Yes. We need the whole picture. Our obedience doesn't bring us salvation, but it is a part of our partnering with God for his purposes. So this building is called the ark. Is it Noah's ark? I, this week, last week when we were here trying to set up with all the mud that was out there, we were hoping that it was, would float. Or is it the ark of the covenant? Noah's ark represented a place of refuge and safety for those that God was redeeming from, from the, the flood. But the Ark of the Covenant represented a place of God's presence. His presence dwelt between the cherubim, the, the angels' uh, wings over the ark, and so it, it, it represented God's presence. So is it one or the other? I want, yes, it is. Good answer. But I want to tell you why. I guess we're finished. I don't need to. We've got it. Now let me tell you why. I want to look at two concepts in scriptures that while different, I think are two sides of the same coin. So welcome home. I want to talk about welcome and home. Turn with me to Luke chapter 5. From verse 1, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, watch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. We could have a whole sermon on just that. Sometimes we just have to obey his word. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, at, knee, uh, at Jesus' knees, saying, "Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord." And he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish 
which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Wonderful story. But one more in Matthew chapter 13. From verse, just verse 47, Jesus is telling a whole bunch of parables about the, uh, the kingdom. And he says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. And when it was full, they drew it to the shore and sat down and gathered good into vessels and threw the bad away. There's something of God's heart of welcome, an open-hearted embrace for any that would come to Jesus. I'll move along. There have been a lot of prophetic words spoken over this building, but over the church that was here, but some of them were bigger than that church. There was something of God's heart for the city. But one of the words spoken actually was a uh, vision of hundreds and, and literally thousands of people streaming up the drive here, coming to the presence of God. Not to the building, not to a church, but to the presence of God. There's something of God's heart in that anyone can come. Any ethnic, ethnic background, any education, any social economic level, any history, whatever, his heart is open. Jesus says, come unto me, all who are, are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The church doesn't give you rest. Jesus does. The church doesn't bring salvation. Jesus does. That's why our focus has got to be on Jesus. But there's something of us as the church, being his representatives, being a light in the world, that we have to have a culture of welcome, a heart that says everyone can come to Jesus. Jesus offers redemption. That's why the name of this church is Redemption Hills. Because people can come and be redeemed, be changed, be forgiven, be transformed. That's his heart. And that's part of welcome that has to affect all of us. So welcome, the conclusion of that is that we want a culture of love and welcome an open heart toward people. I know that that's Steve's heart. Steve talks about the people on the other side. There's always people that get overlooked. But the wonderful thing is that Jesus doesn't overlook us. We can sit in a group of people, and if there's more than three or four, it's easy for some of us to feel like nobody notices us and we get overlooked. 
And in the natural, that could be the case. But in the spiritual, Jesus doesn't overlook anyone. And I want to ask you, do you have a heart of welcome? But the, the other side of the coin, let's back over to Luke chapter 17. From verse uh, 1 and 2. And then he said to his disciples, it is possible that no offenses, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Back over in Matthew 18. verse 6 and 7. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. That doesn't sound very nice. What happened to that heart of welcome? Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to the man by whom offenses come. There's a welcome... But the flip side is that there's also a home. Home is a place of love and nurture and safety and protection. We don't want anyone to stumble, especially the little ones. While there is a heart of welcome, anyone can come, there is also a heart of home which is creating a culture of safety for every person. Now there's some things that we do as a church to help facilitate that. One is obviously anyone who, uh, who's involved in ministry has a working with vulnerable people card. I can't even say that. WWVP. But that's... Not the sum of it, that's just the beginning. There's more than that in creating a culture of safety. We believe in team ministry. And so we minister as a team. You will find here that we try and and train those who actually pray or prophesy over people that they don't do it alone, but they have a team. Our kids, there's team involved. It's gonna have to be a much bigger team after this morning. <laughs> or, uh, but again, it's part of the, the culture of safety. That it, it's about more than just a requirement, but it's our heart attitude. In our children's ministry, there's a sign in and a sign out. Once they get in there, they're stuck. <laughs> and you need to understand that the parent that signs them in has to sign them out. Okay, that's just part of protection, part of safety. Uh, Let me add to what Fiona said, just as an aside to those of you who are parents. This is a wonderful facility, but it's not quite finished. There's a lot of places kids would love to go explore, a lot of things they would love to get into. Someone said to me yesterday, 
the scaffolding in the back is still here because obviously the, uh, the ceiling hasn't been finished. They'll hopefully get to that. But someone said to me, I wonder who's going to be the first kid that climbs up that ladder on that scaffold. Because the, the person who was telling me that, I'm, I'm not giving you their name to protect the innocent or the guilty, said, that would have been what I would have done. I would have come in and the first thing I would have done is said, oh, look. Okay, now I've drawn your attention to it. All of you are going to go running back there. Those of you who are still children at heart. But there's just a whole lot here. Obviously, when you check in the, the kids and check them out, before and after that, they're yours. They're always yours. But let me just encourage you, keep an eye on them, okay? Uh, especially in this property. Uh, there will be eventually some, some uh, play areas that will be secured. They're not yet. There won't be all the, the building stuff around. Uh, sometime we're actually going to have heat. <laughs> they're, they're working on that. Uh, thank you for your patience. I, I'm not sure that that will be complete by next week. But so just be forewarned. I, uh, I was thrilled and amazed this morning that Fiona, who had been here earlier, brought a blanket and a hot water bottle. As did a number of other people who I saw had hot water bottles. I thought that was a good idea. Well, most people come to find Jesus. The devil sends some with other motives. Acts chapter 20. From verse 29, he says this. For I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, some will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. While most people come to find Jesus, some people come with a different motive. One Peter, I mean, sorry, two Peter, 2.14. Peter referring to some who come in and he, uh, this whole thing, but I just wanted to uh, draw your attention to this one phrase, enticing unstable souls. There's some whose motive is not good. And that's why we need to have a heart of welcome, but also a culture of safety and protection. We need to just watch out for one another. Let me say this. The ark is us. This building's called the ark, but in God's strategy, the ark is people. We are the place of refuge and safety, but we're also the place that, that houses the presence of God that everyone can come to. God's presence doesn't live in a building, it lives in people. We are the temple of God. And as we press into him, we create a place where his presence can dwell, that people can come and find him, meet Jesus, 
That's our goal. That's our, our desire. That's our culture that we want to develop. But with that, we also want to develop a place of nurture and safety where we can all grow in Christ and be transformed. If you've been here the last few weeks, I told you when I came back from the States, I felt I was going to do just a short deal on revisiting foundations, especially in preparation for coming here. This is the last of those uh, for me. But I just felt there was something that God put in my heart as we were coming here. Welcome home. Welcome home. There's a heart for you. Would you just bow your head for a second, just so you're not distracted by people? It's one thing to prepare to preach, and another thing in the midst of that to try and hear God. And I felt God say, the scripture that Richard had shared in prayer this morning, come unto me. If you could picture Jesus with his arms wide saying, come to me. And I felt that there were some here this morning that, in a sense, you've been the prodigal. Maybe you've experienced something of God in the past, but if you were honest, you would have to say, I've not actually been walking with him. And he's not condemning. He's just saying, come. Come to me. In the midst of that, I felt like God say for some people here this, this morning that your future is here, not your past. Some of you have experienced some wonderful things of God. That's, that's great. But we're not going to go back and become that again. It surprises me how many people come to us as a church and then they want us to be the church that they came from. Mary had a picture a number of years ago of a bride walking up the aisle, but she was walking backwards as she was coming down the aisle. Instead of looking at her bridegroom, she was looking at her past. And God said, you don't walk into your future with your eyes fixed on the past. And so I felt that there's something of God's heart for some people that maybe some things have hurt you. Maybe you've been distressed. Maybe you've gotten distracted by the things of the world, but there's Jesus' heart is welcome. Welcome. Maybe you've actually not met Jesus. There's a big difference between knowing about God and knowing him. I grew up in a church. I knew a whole lot about God, but I realized one day when I was a teenager, well, I knew about him. I didn't know him. I'd never met him. I knew about him, and I knew some religious things, and I knew some principles of how I should act, but I never actually met the King of Kings. 
And if you're here today, Jesus' arms are wide, and he's saying, come unto me. Not come and learn about me, come and know me. Come and meet me. It's a new day for us. It's a new venue. There's something of newness that comes with that. Our basic foundation hasn't changed. Our basic focus hasn't changed. We're still about worshiping Jesus and introducing people to him. But maybe for you, it's also a new day. A new day of restoration if you've been wandering, or a new day of salvation. I'm going to get Tim to uh, come back and bring the uh, worship team. Tim was trying to fix something, and so he's been wandering around. I had to wait till he got back in the room. I'm going to ask you if you'd stand. Again, it's not more spiritual to stand, but uh, Julianne told me yesterday that I'm going to have to raise the level of my preaching because these chairs are too comfortable <laughs> and you're all going to fall asleep. So I figured that uh, I've spoken long enough, I'll get you to stand up, and it's hard to fall asleep when you're standing up. There was a word that Kate shared about thousands of little yeses people in the past and you in your past. I didn't find anything on the web for. <laughs> I didn't find anything on the web for a thousand little. <laughs> yes. I want to ask you, will you say yes to a heart of welcome? and a culture of safety and protection. Will you be that people? Will you say yes to your future in God and not your past? Will you respond to him this morning? If the Lord's speaking something into your heart, calling you home, will you say yes? If he's calling to him, if he's calling you to himself and you've never responded, will you say yes today? We're here because others have said yes. But let me tell you, your future is in saying yes to Jesus. We're going to sing something. I hope. I have no idea. I have an awful lot of confidence in Tim. But, but in the midst of that, will you just say yes? If you've not met Jesus, there'd be some people here in the front who'd love to pray with you and introduce you. Will you just come to the front as we sing? There's something in the Bible that says that if we proclaim him or if we don't deny him before people, that he won't deny us before the Father. There's something of us making a public declaration. Too often we talk about coming to Jesus as you just say something in your heart and it actually is a transformation within you.
but it takes place often when we finally take the stand to say, I'm gonna follow Jesus. And that's what baptism is about. We're gonna see a lot of people get baptized in this place. What are we gonna sing here, Tim? Huh? Build my life. Build my life. Very good, let's do that. And as we do it, let it, let it be a declaration of yes.